Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Excellent. All right, let's, uh, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Over the next four weeks, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about a brilliant future. I want to talk about your personal, individual future. I want to talk about the future of the church. Um, and um, I mentioned, I, I talk about predicting the future. You can predict the future. As a young man, I was very, I was, I was uh, obsessed with um, predicting the future. And... Um, it led me into a whole bunch of dark arts, including witchcraft and voodoo and tarot card reading and all kinds of weird, dangerous, demonic stuff. Um, but I think that the, what's happened to each of us is the Lord places eternity in our hearts and he gives us a hunger for something that's further ahead. And I just want to say to everyone who's a follower of Jesus, your future is bright. <laughs> your, your future is brilliant. Anybody believe that? You got to read the story. We've got a magnificent future. When I read through Psalm 24 and how, sorry, Psalm 23 and how David was able to say, because the Lord's my shepherd, his goodness and his mercy, they're going to follow me all the days of my life. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've got a brilliant future. I've got so much to look forward to. And so I was just thinking about this quite a bit. And um, I wanted to lay some theological foundations for us determining uh, our path in life. And when you read through Proverbs, it would make it very clear that there are two paths. One's fool, path, path of the foolish, and the other's path of the wise. And um, when you read chapter 4 and verse 18, and I probably, this morning I was reading through the whole chapter a few times over, and we should have read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read verse 18 right now. It says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The path of the righteous, there's a path, there's three things. There is a path. I don't know if you know or not, but there's a path. And the path gets brighter and brighter until the full day. He's referring to like he's using uh, the sunrise as an analogy. When the sun comes up, it gets brighter and brighter until full day. Till full day. And Re Revelation chapter 22 says there's a day is going to come, a time is going to come where there's going to be no more night. So for you and I, our path gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until there is no more light, night, only light. Amen. Yes. <laughs> You're not convinced. I'm going to have to preach this whole message, the whole message. Uh, okay, okay, so the, just, uh, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith, am I right? It says that a number of times through Scripture. The just shall live by faith, not fate. The just will live by 
faith. And faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. All right. So we live by faith, not by fate. We're not like, what will be, will be. You have a choice in your future. Did you know that? I can, you've heard this before, I can predict your future by observing your friends. If you look at who you hang out with, I can tell you who you're going to become like. That's a predictor and a prediction of your future. Therefore, get, get some good friends. All right. Path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Uh, and so there are clearly some predictors of our future. I'd just like to scoot back just a little bit. Um, wisdom is meant to be shared generationally. Uh, in, in the book of Proverbs, the words my son is used 41 times. Um, the word 41 means 41. And if you read through it, it, it refers to, if, if you begin in verse 10, it says, my child or my son, listen to me, do what I say, you're going to have a good long life if you do what I say. I'll teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. If you live a life guided by wisdom, you won't limp or stumble as, as you run. Carry out my instructions, don't forsake them, guard them, for they will lead to a very fulfilled life or a brilliant future. A brilliant future is very possible for all of us if we choose wisdom's ways. This also implies that there's somebody ahead of us that we're willing to lead, listen to. <laughs> your, your life will be limited to your teachability. Did you know that? The a definition of humility is just teachability. How teachable are you? Well, I'm, I'm finding out right now <laughs> as I teach you. So do you have a vision for your life? Uh, is it clear, is it compelling, is it convictional? Do you have a vision for your life? Um, I want to help us craft some visions for our future. Let me, let me share um, just a few axioms or thoughts that are going to emerge uh, while I'm talking about our future. First of all, uh, a brilliant future is going to depend on your obedience. it's going to depend on your obedience. Uh, a brilliant future is going to depend on you serving others. <laughs> Sorry, a little snort. <coughs> our, our future is our choice. I'm just finding out where your level of tolerance is on the inside or not. Because if you were to say to yourself, I have a brilliant future, your heart will actually speak back to you. Because if you believe that or not, inside you'll, you'll hear something. You might hear a grumble. Oh, you've got to be kidding. You don't know my life. You might have said that in your heart. So then our role in the next few weeks is to convince you that you've got a brilliant future. So that on the inside, when you say, I've got a great future, because part of your future is as a result of your words. There's life and death in your words. And if you're always complaining, 
the chance is that your life's going to go backwards. But if you can begin declaring something about the truth of your life, your path can actually change. Let me see, let me share a few others. Uh, our heart is our future, our future factory. What what your heart? Because that's where your core beliefs are. They're in your heart, and and we're told that the issues of life come out of our heart, someplace on the inside of us. So your future is being put together in the factory in your heart. I'll convince you soon enough. Our future is in the seeds that we plant today. Every future harvest is in the seeds you plant today. Okay? Um, Our future is waiting for our vision, and our future depends on bold faith steps forward. your, Your future is moving towards you at the speed of your choices. Therefore, we need to make good choices. You know how do you learn to make good choices? By making bad ones. Okay. Last week, Sarana, didn't she share a great message on it in the book Esther? So good. Such a time as this. It was so good. Um, I want to talk about this because I think that there's three things this morning. They don't all rhyme. But the first one is about times, time, times, and timings. So Esther in chapter 4, verse 14 says, as such a time as this. Um, Esther was willing to be used and she was put in a place of influence strategically for a very specific time. That's just such an amazing story. All of us have the same thing going on. We're put in strategic places. Right now we're in strategic places for such a time as this. I love that. There's three words in the New Testament around time. One is chronos, one is kairos, and one is pleru. Pleru means the fullness of time, or it's the fulfillment of time. The other chronos and kairos are the two I want to focus on for just a few minutes. King Saul said that there is a time for everything under the sun, and then he lists 28 examples. So, So may I add that what I think he was getting at is that there was both times and then there's a season for everything under the sun. You need to know, understand times, but you're also meant to know seasons. Why? So you can cooperate with the seasons. Every farmer knows you've got to cooperate with the season. You need to learn to plant in the right season. Once I get nods, I'll move on. You plant at a season and expect a crop, we would call that a fool. We don't, we don't, Farmers don't put wheat in the ground in the winter. Winter wheat's not sown in the winter. All right, no time for agronomy. I just wanted to let you know that. Uh, <clears throat> this, is my favorite, this is my favorite time of the year, harvest. But we are able to enjoy harvest this season. And my family's sending me pictures of combines. And I love the harvest season. Harvest was the result of a few months ago them putting seeds in the ground. So every harvest that you're enjoying today is the result of seeds that you put in the ground a little earlier. I can predict your harvest by the type of seeds you put in the ground. Does anybody have a garden here? 
you can't, you can't put, you don't put watermelon seeds in the ground and expect carrots to come up. <clears throat> so some of you are noticing some things in your life that you're disappointed about. <clears throat> here's, my, here's a word from the Lord. <clears throat> Change the type of seeds you're putting in the ground. I'm just a simple guy. I got a single syllable, syllable name. I'm learning to say it myself. <clears throat> All right. So, so chronos time is the sequence of time. It includes past, present, and future. It's linear. It's always moving forward. As you're sitting here, the clock is ticking. And don't I know it? That's called chronos. That the time is clicking. This is no surprise. Look in the mirror. The time's clicking. That's chronos time. Kairos is strategic time. It's opportune time. It's in season time. Chronos is quant quantitative counts. Click, 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 click. Counts. Kairos is quantitative. It seizes moments. Listen to me, this is so important. Don't ho-hum me right now. This is super important for you and I. <clears throat> One of them you can manage. One of them you cannot. You can manage your kairoses. You can't manage the chronoses. Everybody's given 24 hours in, in the day. Am I right? There's nobody here. You got, you're, you're at a little different socioeconomical scale and you get 25 hours in your day. No. All got the same time. Right? It's what you do at that time. You got 24 hours. Right? What you're going to do with it? How are you going to invest it? You can't manage time anyway. You can invest your time. So one you can manage. One you can, the other you can maximize. If, so we could say that time is measured in chronos, we could say that, but life is measured in kairos. <clears throat> if you miss a moment, it's gone. But there's still the passage of time. Time. Your future determines you maximizing your kairos moments. Every Sunday morning is a Kairos moment. It comes every seven days, Kronos. It comes every seven days. I don't come to church just to pass the time. If you're here to pass the time, I'm going to upset you. Because the Holy Spirit wants to provoke you to respond to him because this is an encounter moment. What's he doing taking so long with that worship service? I'm, I'm, I'm just reminding the people that we don't want to miss a moment. He, it, when this, what, we wait for the, for the master to move in. And then we don't just want to hurry up and get business done. We want to linger. Let's not, let's be, let's be Mary's. Not just busy with stuff. I the psalmist says, tells us, number your days. But Paul takes it further. He says, redeem your days. Kairos, and that's the word kairos. To make the most of every opportunity. Uh, I think it may be more profound than just a thought. Because strategic moments, more than anything else, will determine your future. That you find yourself in a moment, and you don't rush from that moment. You choose that in this moment, I'm going to obey in a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have an encounter night. 
Greg's praying. I'm praying that you get a prophetic word. Now, some of you are going to choose to stay at home and watch CSI. Have fun. But I'm expecting to position myself for a prophetic word for my future. I need them. Um, <clears throat> I, I hate to think of how many Kairos moments I've missed. But if we're honest, we've all missed them. Moments, ah, uh, it's got to drive too far. Ah, uh, he's going he's gonna, to, they're, they're going to, they're going to take an offering. They're going to take money from me. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I, 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 I'm just getting tired of excuses. I want to see a move of God. I don't care what it costs. I just want to see a move of God in my time. I've sown in tears. I want to reap in joy. I don't want to miss that. Timing's so important. <clears throat> There's a guy, his, his name is Arnold. Arnold Lester. Arnold was a man in Nippewan. Um, I was young. Arnold drove a K car. Anybody remember K cars? If you have one, that bless you. It's a build your faith. Just having a K car. Arnold, when I rode with him, we drive out to the the um, Red Earth Indian Reserve, and it's where I learned to preach. But Arnold invited me into ministry. No, no, I want you to hear that. I wouldn't have picked Arnold as a mentor. I don't know why why the Lord did that. But if it wasn't for Arnold, I wouldn't be here today. I just want you to say, sometimes there's certain times and timings where the Lord brings somebody in your world, and they may, maybe not somebody you expect, but you just go, you know, on the inside, I just think I need to say yes. There's just a little something that says, this, oh, it's just on, it just doesn't make sense, but this person, they're not like me, and they're so, and they're so different, and, uh, but on the inside, you just go, I think I need a... I think they've got something. I'm not for everybody, but I'm for some. The Lord told me, you will speak to people that nobody else will. The, 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 the number of people gather here Sunday morning is not that important to me. The number of people in agreement is very important to me because that's where the power of God is. So there's gonna be a bunch of things I'll say that theologically you won't agree with. And can I just say that you're never under any obligation to do so. But it just might be that I'd be onto something. In which case you should go home and search the scriptures out for yourself. Um, the, uh, <laughs> it's not easy discerning God's voice and it's even harder trusting it. There are strategic people that God puts in our life that, that, that life will turn on a dime. Uh, if God's led you here to this church, roll up your sleeves and help. If not, don't complain and don't try to get me to change the vision, please. Please. 
I've got people in my life that can help me change vision if, if it's off, if it's not biblical, if it's not Christ-centered, if it's not spirit-empowered. But, but, but roll up your sleeves. We've got a big job to do. Like a big job to do. It, the, my, my Bible says that the Lord adds to his body. I don't. My role is never to force you to do anything. So I promise I never will. But I want to inspire you strong enough that you'll make a decision that's in line with the purposes of God and the destiny for your life. Love never forces. You'll never be controlled. You'll never be manipulated. But you'll be challenged. And, and, and here's what, gosh, I've had so many people that have left over the last few years. And it's honestly for me, this has been the most difficult year, years for us. And when someone... Leaves, leaves when you're on, a, on the lowest part of your life. Like I was there for your lowest part. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't need to be there for mine. I'm not whining. But if he's called you here, he will release you from here. Because every body needs all of the parts. And every joint and every ligament supplies to make the body work. Every part is important. So don't complain about the part you're connected to. If you're a gallbladder, just be happy you're connected to a part of the stomach and woohoo! Maybe not, you may not be that important, you may not be, you know, you may not think so, but God is building his body. Jesus is building his church. On the earth today, the church cannot die. It is the centerpiece of the purposes of God on the earth. It's what he's doing on the earth. It's a weapon of mass construction that's taking place right now. And the invitation from the Holy Spirit is get on and hang on. <clears throat> um, it's, partner it's partnership. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but he needed somebody to roll the stone away. He does his part, we does, we does our part. And we dang does it good. With our teeth or without them. <laughs> second, second Corinthians, my second passage I want to share and preach and just give me a little bit more time because Peter took too much time. <laughs> I love hearing about what they do. But second Corinthians says this is for, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The path of the righteous. You may not think yourself of righteous, righteous or not, but if you've invited Christ into your life, the righteous one lives in you. And my, my deal is to get you obeying the righteous one that lives in you. <laughs> Listening to the timings, the promptings. <clears throat> you are, you, and our path gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Last week's baptisms <clears throat> were not the result of a moment. They were the result of years of decisions <clears throat> and choices and prayers. And, and some grandma stayed up late. And some aunt got burdened for you one night. Baptisms don't happen because somebody someday decides they're going to get baptized. They happened because of a whole series of events that took place where people were obedient and a life was changed. <clears throat> there's some phrases that more than anything, they blow my mind. And there's one found in, in, um, 
that I've read, it appears about a dozen times, and it's this one right here, for David's sake. Have you ever read that? No, listen to me. For David's sake. Some things happen or don't happen in our life, not because of what we've done, but what's happened generations ago. And if you have a godly heritage, you need to say thank you. I felt anointing on it, so I emphasized it. It's 853 BC. The king is Jehoran. He's on the throne. He's the fifth king of the southern kingdom. And he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He killed his brothers to get onto the throne. In my mind, it's judgment day all day long. But God says, for the sake of David. Wow! Because 117 years, David's been, he, David's cold as a cucumber. He's been dead for 117 years. My grandmother's prayers are still being answered. And so are yours. Do you hear me? For the sake of Lord. For the sake of Gord. Our prayers are being answered in generations ahead. You think it's just about you today. No, no, you're just a long chain of events of obedience and moments where somebody prompted somebody's heart and they said, okay, I'm gonna intercede for that crazy kid that's addicted to drugs. I'm the crazy kid. I got to meet David Campbell. He said, you seem kind of normal. How'd you end up in C3? I said, well, I was a drug dealer. Okay, that explains it. No, 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 but I'm a life that's been saved because somebody prayed. God does not forget his promises. This would suggest that there's likely something that hasn't happened in my life but for the sake of somebody else, not my goodness. Times timings, promptings. God's setting stuff up for the next generation because he thinks generationally. Truth isn't relative, but time always is. We microwave food, we Google questions, we text our friends, we have real-time news, but the kingdom of God moves forward by obedience of seeds that are planted today that will bring a harvest tomorrow. The most important choice you'll ever make is who's gonna be on the throne of my life. I'm, I'm telling you, we're entering into times and seasons, listen so close, where you can't afford to have yourself on the throne of your life. I'm saying days are coming, do you hear me? Days are coming, and maybe they're already here, where we get pulled into narratives about politics and conspiracies and who knows what all. Your ability to tune your heart to the word of God, confirm that through his word, is gonna be so vital in the days ahead. The biggest decision you'll ever make is who's on the throne of my life. If you have not accepted Christ as your savior, this morning's the time. And over the next number of years, you get to choose if he's Lord or not, that he makes all of the decisions in your life. The second most important decision is who are you gonna marry? That family will determine more than anything else your future. I always, when I, whenever I'm at a wedding, I always think I'm looking at the families. I'm going, okay, 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 okay. 
The third most important decision is what church am I going to be part of? You get to choose your spiritual family, not your physical family. Who's going to support my values? And here's, can I just tell you, please, one more time. If God's called you here, he'll tell you when time's up. I know you might be upset about this isn't happening, that isn't happening. I am too. Whatever. But if he's called you here, just don't grumble. Don't whine, because your future's at stake. <laughs> Last point, promptings, pings, pokes, and prompts. I'm a little slow. God needs to sometimes... But here's, here's what's important. Here's what's really important. It's my last point. It's very quick. Um, here's what's really important. When you learn a language, I'm talking about discerning the voice of God because your, your future is determined by your obedience. Your obedience is determined by your ability to hear. Here's what I know, here's what I know about the Lord, and I'm so thankful for this. He's patient. And when you learn another language, you usually learn, you know, where's the bathroom? Um, please thank you. Those must survey support for war. You learn the, the, the really important things. Um, no, no, but you, miss, you don't know the nuances, right? Now just listen to me. I got something to share that's going to be very important. Just ignore these guys for a second. Our choice is critical. Our choice is very critical. What are the chances? What are the chances? What are the chances of King Xerxes having supernatural insomnia insomnia this one night? Haman's plotting the execution of Mordecai. His cousin's the queen. She's in a place of influence, willing, she's, the Lord's placed her there and she said yes. He, she's strategically allied with the king. And God sets up this absurd, this, like these insane odds. Like what are the chances? Insane. In, insane. Middle, it's, it's nighttime, he can't sleep. Sometimes instead of counting sheep, you need to talk to the shepherd. He can't sleep. He says, get me a book. What are the, the night, the, okay, odds are one in 365, right? One day. He grabs a book from a library of the Persian, in, and in per, Persia was a pretty influential place at that time. The, the just, just as a bookmark, the um, British Museum uh, says that the library at Ashurbanipal contained over 30,000 volumes. Okay, so now we're one in 365. For all you left-brainers, do the calculations. And now one in 30,000. What are the chances? And then he grabs a page. He's got it, right? One, one to 11 trillion. Gorgeous figure, calculate it. And he grabs a page. Listen to me. This is a moment in time. The, the, the future of the entire Jewish race depends on, are they going to go into slavery or are they going to get, is the city going to get liberated? One page. And he makes a decision in a moment of time. What are the odds? There's a term in advertising called frequency effectiveness, effective frequency. And it's the number of times you hear a message before you respond. How many times does it take for you to respond? I remember the night I gave my life to Christ. It wasn't the first opportunity I had. 
It was the best decision I've ever made in my life. How long, how long, when I, when I first stepped into ministry, an old farmer came to me and he says, why do you want to, why do you want to be in ministry? I said, I want, I want to help change people's lives. He said, yeah, well, people change, but not very much. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? For Peter, how many, how many moments? Three, right? How many for Samuel? Nah, I'll go back to bed, it's nothing. How many before we say yes, Lord? How many? The Lord is looking for you and I to be neck rainable. He doesn't want a two by four to hit us around the side of the head. He just wants us to go, yes, Lord. We, okay. How many times is it gonna take for us to obey? If, if the Lord's asked you to pray, he gives you a little prompt, pray. If he asks you to serve, serve. If he asks you to give, oh, I'm getting close to my heart now, Lord. Lord, Lord, the good Lord, the good Lord. If he asks you to give, give. Because generations are counting on our obedience. Generations. Our, our children and our children's children. These guys are courting and courting and courting. Uh, last point, last point, and this isn't even a point, it's a sub-point to the last point. The archer's paradox. When you look, at, when you look in Wikipedia, here's what you'll find about the word kairos, that it's an archer's term. It's an arrow that's not fired at a target, but it's a long-distance shot. So there's lots of variables to affect the path. If you're, if you're shooting a bow, <laughs> don't take a picture and say this is yoga. That might be, but you don't shoot at the target. Right? Anybody here shoot bow? I shoot bow. You don't shoot bow. Look it. You don't shoot at the target. Shoot up here. Because of the arch. The ability, Kairos is the ability to calculate the variables. I'm going to say something that I don't understand and I don't expect you to understand, but I think it's true. Uh, God is not in control, but he is. Isn't that wild? Like he, I know, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to leave you with that question. Because he, you, you probably chose to close your ward. God didn't, right? You probably chose if you're going to give or not. If you're going to come, you probably chose. But God is in control. Am I, but he's not in control. But he is in control. He's not in control. I'm just going to leave it at that. If God, but, but I just want to say this. Is that your future requires your cooperation, your harmony, your agreement. And by the way, your obedience may quite likely be about somebody else's miracle. Would you stand your feet, please? One day, you and I, we're going to step into a land where there's no more night. And if we choose to put Jesus on the throne of our hearts, the Bible tells us that every day is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter 
until we end up in the place where there's no more night. I've recently been taken by the phrase songs in the night. Songs in the night are where you can't read the, read the notes, you can't read the words, but you still sing anyway. Psalm 42 says, it'll give you songs in the night. It's gonna come a time when we're not gonna need to guess. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, I need you to come to the front tonight, this morning. I guess it is this morning, afternoon. No, 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 but I, this is such an important thing. And I expect there's one or two here that don't know Christ. Your invitation is now. If you don't know Christ, be bold and come on up to the front here. If you don't know Christ, come on up to the front. If you don't know Christ, a savior, come to the front. I'm, I can't, I'm not gonna make it any easier. You're gonna have to live a life that's gonna be hardened and strengthened. If you can't go public in a place where everybody's gonna love you and cheer for you, how are you gonna do out there? If you don't know Christ as Savior, this morning's your morning. Come now, come now. We're gonna, I'm gonna make it a little easier. I'm gonna ask everybody to close their eyes. If you don't, if, if you're not convinced that should the Lord call and come tonight, that you would instantly be ushered into the presence of God, this morning's your morning. Come now, just come now. Father, I thank you today that we can still hear and we can still obey. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week. <laughs>